bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of Sacrifices of joy. Oh, one more time now. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you sacrifices of thanksgiving up to you the sacrifices of joy. Amen. Did you come here to worship this morning? Did you bring your sacrifice of praise? Amen. Amen. I got up this morning about 6.30 and just went out on the porch and I just was watching that sun come up, the first rays, those birds singing. And I thought, Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful day you've given us to come to your house Amen. to worship you. Isn't he good to us? Thank you, Lord. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. Oh, he's truly wonderful, saints. Oh, how great thou art. 
and sing that chorus to it. Oh, that sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. We love You, Lord. We thank You so much. How great Thou art. How great Thou Just turn around and look at your neighbor and shake their hands, give them a fist bump, elbow bump, whatever you feel comfortable with. Tell them you're glad to see them. And just come in here. You, you said you was bringing the sacrifice of praise. Then you sung about how great He is. Now I want you to know how great it is when you take all your burdens and you just lay them down at His feet. Just cut loose and have a good time. Don't worry about you, what your neighbor thinks. I love to praise the Lord. And as, uh, as I've heard Brother Jewel Forney say many times, I'm going to get mine whether you get yours or not. So let's just have us a great time in the Lord this morning. It's glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I've laid my burdens down. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I've laid my, oh, sing that one more time again, oh, it's glory, glory, hallelujah, since I've laid my burdens down, oh, better 
it's I've laid my burdens down. Oh yes, I'm feeling so much better since I've laid. And now that you're feeling better, you can confess this right here. Oh yes, I've got joy and peace. Oh sweet joy and peace since I've laid. Hallelujah, my burdens down. Oh, I've got joy and peace. Oh sweet joy and peace since I've laid. Oh, sing it again this morning. Hallelujah. Oh yes, I've got joy and peace. I've laid my burdens down. Oh, I've got joy and peace. Oh, sweet joy and peace. Since I've laid my burdens down. Oh, and it's glory, glory. I've laid my burdens down. Oh, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Since I've laid my burdens down. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, in my, I've had the uh, opportunity to uh, go to, uh, uh, in various positions I've held with work, um, customers and things have, uh, they like to take their uh, clients and things to different venues, and uh, I've been to a couple of uh, um, NFL games, not not some of the brightest points in, in my life, but I have, I've been to a couple of them, and it always seems, cease, never ceases to amaze me how excited these people get when they pick up so many yards or whatever and, and you got 60,000 rabid fans just going crazy. But when that clock strikes zero, what does it mean? <laughs> it means nothing. You, you exhilarated a whole lot of energy. But when you feel that joy and that peace, oh my. I saw some of the services from the youth camp down there and saw a man that had stage four cancer dancing all over that platform down there. Let me tell you what, that's what you get excited about. And this song right here, this old song, I can get excited about this, Brother Aaron, our Lord's return. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no temper then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. I am watching for the coming of the glad millennial day. 
When our blessed Lord shall come and catch us Waiting bright away Oh, my heart is filled with rapture As I labor, watch and pray For the Lord is coming back to earth again Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again Satan will be bound a thousand years will have no temper After Jesus shall come back to earth again Jesus coming back will be the answer to earth's sorrow and cry For the knowledge of the Lord shall fill the earth and sea and sky God shall take away all sickness and the sufferer's tears will dry When our Savior shall come back to earth again Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years and will have no temper there. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Yes, the ransomed of the Lord shall come to Zion then with joy. And in all his holy mountain nothing hurts or shall destroy. Perfect peace shall reign in every heart and love without a Lord. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years, will have no temper there. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Oh, think about it. Then the sin and sorrow, pain and death of this dark world shall cease in a glorious reign with Jesus of a thousand years of peace. All the earth is groaning, crying for that day of sweet release. For our Jesus to come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years and will have no temper then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years and will have no temper then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Hallelujah. I love you, my Lord, with all of my heart. You are my everything. You're the reason I sing. I love you. I love you. all of my heart 
I sing I love you I love you my Lord oh sing it one more time now saints just make it real personal oh I love you my Lord with all my heart you are my I sing, I love you, I love you, my Lord. God bless you, saints. You may be seated just a moment as Sister Becky continues to play that real softly. We're going to take these prayer requests before the Lord. It sure is good to see Brother Joe Drum with us this morning. Amen. It's always wonderful to look back and see him there. I know God has touched him and is still working. And we're still praying for you, Brother Joe. Amen. We want to continue to uh, we want to remember Sister Sherry Holly. She's uh, going home, but she is doing better. So we thank the Lord for that. Just continue to remember our dear sister. Also uh, want to remember the Paschals that uh, Brother Joe had to uh, work again today. So. Just remember them. They truly desire to be here, and it seems like every time they make plans to come, something comes up. He's he's very busy, and uh, uh, just remember them in prayer. We want to uh, remember Sister Mary Smith. Continue to hold her up in prayer. Also, we want to uh, remember uh, Brother Ron Spencer. Um, it was sure incredible watching him minister at those at those meetings, and um, but I know God is. Uh, done a wonderful work for him but he's still got a long way to go so just continue to pray for uh, Brother Ron we want to continue to remember uh, uh, Sister Erica Parker also uh, we want to remember uh, Sister April Grant as she's away on her work in uh, Ukraine continue to hold her up in prayer want to uh, remember uh, Brother David Whitlock also he's uh, had some trouble with his knees. He's uh, had to be on crutches this week and uh, had to miss some work. And uh, we just uh, don't really know what's going on. He's going to have some tests done. So just pray for him this morning also. Um, we want to remember uh, little uh, Lily Godwin. as She's uh, having tubes put in her ears Monday. And uh, so we want to remember that. Also, would like for you uh, to continue to remember uh, Sister Karen Buchanan's not with us today. And uh, continue to uh, remember my wife. She's really struggling so much with her with her back. Just a lot of things going on there. And just hold her up in prayer. We appreciate that very much. I know there's many needs among us this morning. The good news is, is, is he's still on the throne. And he still hears those prayers. Whatever that need may be. I just, I encourage you. I'm, I'm a walking, living testimony of what God can do physically, financially, whatever it may be. He, he can help you and He wants to help you. Just bring your needs to the altar and pray for each other. We all need each We're coming into a time when we just... Things are tough. Things are really tough. But we, we have a source. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's all stand. I'd like to ask Brother Jeremy if he would take these uh, prayer requests before the Lord this morning.
Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once more for this opportunity to gather together to worship you in your house, Lord. Father, as we humbly approach your throne, Lord, we ask, Father, that as we lift up these needs, Lord, that you would look at us and hear us through your blood, Lord. Cover us, we pray, Lord. Forgive us our shortcomings, Father. We're a needy people, Lord God, but Lord, I believe that you've made provision for every single need, Lord. Those that have been spoken, Lord, those that are lifted up in our hearts, Father. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would give comfort, Lord, to uh, Lord the, the sick, Lord. Strengthen them, raise them up, Lord. May they just come back with a testimony of praise, Lord. We're thankful for all that you've done for us, Lord, but we're also thankful, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Lord God, as we turn our hearts, Father, to to you this morning, we want to worship you, Lord, and we want, Lord, your spirit to just be welcome in this place, Father. We invite you to come be with us, Lord. We pray that you would just dwell in the praises of your people this morning, Father. And Lord, as your servant has prepared, Lord, and sought your mind, I pray, God, that he would just be clay in your hands, Lord. Speak through him, Lord. Help him to step aside. Father, we look to you with needs in our hearts, Lord, and with with, uh, these, these things we've written down, Lord, and requested, Father. We just ask that you would minister the word of God to us, Lord. And as we sing and lift you up, Lord, may our hearts just be fallow ground for your word, Lord, to take root. Father, we love you, and we're so thankful to you. We appreciate Lord, your mercies that are new every day, Lord. Bless us, we pray, as we worship and give this time wholly into your hands, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, saints. You can be seated. Um, as Brother Matt gets ready to give us a special this morning, just want to uh, make a quick announcement that the uh, Lost and Found box is full. Uh, they have asked that you please go back and look through it, see if any of that stuff... Uh, belongs to you all and uh, go ahead and get it and empty it out uh, it's it is running over we also want to welcome our visitors this morning it's good to see brother michael with us and uh, it's good to have sister laura and her husband brother mark i know sister laura very well from just a, a little thing her dad and i were very very close friends and it's good to have you all with us and uh, all of the uh, visitors that are with us i don't know you if you've never been here before just uh Enjoy yourself, grab a note and hang on, and uh, we just, we love to worship the Lord. So welcome, and uh, Brother Matt, you give us a special. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm, I'm going to break out of my usual contemplative style and do, do something a little more along the lines of channeling Brother Keith. Uh, I haven't heard this song sung in a long time. I'm sure we all we all know it. Maybe except for Brother Keith. He gave me a strange look, but I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every I sit and learn at Jesus' feet. I am free, yes, free indeed. It 
His joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so dear, I can see His smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the path has never yet been told. I have found the joy no tongue can tell how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great or flowing world springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the past has never yet been told. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Yes, a half has never yet been told. Brother man, I don't know about you, but it is certainly joy, yeah. unspeakable and full of glory for me. Amen. <clears throat> we'll keep the same key there. I just feel like singing this this morning. I am thinking of a rapture in that blessed home on high when the redeemed are gathering in. How we'll raise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in Marched like snow and free from all sin Oh, how I'll shout and how I'll sing When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, there will be a great procession over on the streets of gold When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, what music, oh, what singing, or oh, that city will be rolled 
when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering. Oh, play it, musician. Then the Savior will give orders to prepare the banquet bowl When the redeemed are gathering in And then we'll hear His invitation Come ye blessed of the Lord When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, let's all stand now Oh, when the redeemed are gathering in Wash like snow and free from all sin will shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in oh when the redeemed are gathering in washed like snow and free from all sin how we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in Just any day now, our Lord is coming, He'll be returning for you and me. Oh, I've been watching. And I've been waiting just any day now. His face I'll see. Oh, sing it one more time as the ushers get ready to come. Just any day now. Our Lord is coming, He'll be returning for you and me. Oh, I've been watching and I've been Just any day now, His face I'll see. Brother Tom, if you'd bless the altar. Amen. As Brother Barry gets ready to come this morning, let's just sing this song. In the morning when I rise, in the morning 
high rise in the morning when I rise give me Jesus give me Jesus give me Jesus that if we have you we have everything and so Lord we feel blessed today we feel blessed in your presence it's already good for us to say we've been in your presence and been in the house of the Lord and been with your people today Father I pray you would just come now in the opening of the word and Lord may you pour yourself out and make the book live to us we are a needy people Lord but you're a God who supplies our every need you're intimidated by nothing. Father, be the supplier today. Lord, be our portion. We just commit our 
the saints, Lord, that need your touch today, we commit them into your care and the many needs and burdens that we carry. You are good, and Lord, you are light, and you are peace, and you are hope, you are everything, Lord, and we place our confidence in thee. Father, build our faith, I pray, in the hearing of the word, the kind of faith we need in this hour, Lord, to leave this earth. We commit our time into your hands now, Lord, in the balance of this service, and we just pray that you would be welcome. May your august presence, Lord, move from vessel to vessel today, and may there be nothing hindering. Forgive us all, Lord, of anything that may be contrary to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Have free course among us, we pray. In the blessed and holy name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Just one more time. It sounds so nice. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have. be seated this morning for a moment. God bless you. And the musicians, that will be fine. We'll let you take your places there today. And uh, we welcome all of you to the house of the Lord today. And uh, we're glad to be with you. And I trust that something is said today will be a help and a blessing to you. And trust that the Lord will uh, fill your cup today. No matter how many good services we've had, no matter how many times we've had in his presence, we still want him to come and fill our cups. Would you agree? Good to have all of you here today. Good to have Brother Joe uh, with us today. May God bless you and uh, appreciate you. And uh, good to have the Donaldsons here from New Zealand or South Africa? South Africa. Africa. God bless you. Uh, Real honor to have you with us from um, our sister Amanda teaches at uh, Bible Way and online. And uh, glad to have her. And this is Sister Donaldson, your mother. And uh, great to have you with us today. We have a, a couple of, uh, also too as well, the halls here today. And uh, Brother Mark, good to see you. And uh, all the way from England, although you live in Arizona now, right? And uh, known the Hall family for a long, long time. And uh, I should show you a picture. Your brother helped plant trees in our front yard in 2001 when we moved into our house. I should show you those trees now. And... Uh, we, uh, we're glad to have you today, and uh, Sister, God bless you, formerly Sister Johnson, right, from Arizona. God bless you. Good to have you uh, with us today, and uh, always an honor uh, to have you here, and um, may God bless you. Sister Laura, right? Yeah, God bless you. We're having a baptism today, and uh, Brother Theo is going to get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and so we're excited about that. And uh, also as well, i got a couple of prayer requests here that I want to give just before we begin. And Sister Becky has two cousins that we'd like to hold up before the Lord. And one is uh, Candle Weaver, who was here a couple of years ago, and she has a tear in her lung and requires surgery. Uh, it it uh, manifests itself in a collapsed lung. And so uh, we want to remember that need in prayer. That's the second time she's had that. And also as well, uh, Judy Rodriguez, who we have mentioned before, uh, has possible myeloma leukemia. And uh, they're going to have to do another uh, bone biopsy on her. So uh, we've been asked to remember her in prayer uh, 
uh, as well today. We um, miss Brother David, who's not here today. And Brother David sent me a picture uh, the other day. He was on crutches and uh, has a, a problem with uh, one of his knees. And uh, he's going to a specialist and getting some uh, further testing done on Monday, I believe that it is. And we are uh, certainly missing Brother David and um, want to remember him in prayer uh, today, Brother David's not normally down. That's for sure. He's uh, uh, always uh, always present, and uh, it's it's certainly um, something that we want to remember uh, in prayer, if you don't mind, especially tomorrow. And then, uh, last thing I wanted to say uh, was um, we want to remember Brother Burley Williams, and uh, Brother Burley has had some complications. Uh, with his health over the last little while, and he has to have some oral surgery done. They could not do the surgery. It was scheduled for last week, and they could not do it because he had an elevated A1C level, and he was not able to uh, to do that. So they put it off another week, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to accomplish the surgery then. But I told him that we would sure remember him in prayer because it's been a real tough go for him, and, uh, uh, you know, with a but a preacher, when he loses his mouth, uh, he kind of loses everything. And it's really hard to preach in sign language, that's for sure. And uh, I told him, I assured him that we would be uh, remembering him in prayer. And uh, we uh, trust you'll do that as well. <clears throat> well, never know who's going to come. Uh, God bless you. Good to have you today. And uh, for all of you, if you don't mind, let's take our Bibles and let's stand to our feet. I want to take a one passage of scripture here, if you don't mind. And uh, I'm going to read in Psalm 44, and I'm not done. We're going to do our uh, request there in just a moment here. But in Psalm 44, sorry, 43, I'd like to read the couple of verses here. Psalm 43 and verse 3. David says, O oh, send out thy light and thy truth, and let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. That's a great prayer. Lord, send out thy light and thy truth, and let them lead me. Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto, my, unto God my exceeding joy. And yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. And may God add his blessing. You may be seated this morning. Very quickly here. I did not mention Brother John's birthday, I think, last Sunday. But uh, Brother John, God bless you, April 21st. 25th is Anderson's birthday. How old are you going to be, Anderson? 12 years old. God bless you. And then the Nengamaza's anniversary. How many years? Three. Three years. God bless you. Great to have Brother Aaron and Sister Trish with us, and uh, may God bless you. Now, uh, this is not a complete list, but we have some events coming up here and dates to remember, so you might want to uh, make a note of some of these. But next Sunday, Brother Rap Crook is going to be here with us, and uh, we'll have uh, Sunday morning service as normal, and then we'll have a young people's meeting. It'll be 13 and older. Uh, next Sunday afternoon, starting at around three o'clock, so that will that will be with uh, Brother Rap, and uh, 
Then we have some of the other uh, meetings that are listed there. On the bottom, we have the men's meeting, uh, September 23rd. And then, Lord willing, we'll be doing our dedication in Malawi on uh, October 11th. So uh, some of you asked me about those, some of those dates there. That's not a complete uh, roster for the summer, but uh, we're going to have uh, quite a number of activities here. And uh, I'll certainly try to keep you up to date and keep you posted here. Well, let's look into the Word this morning, and uh, let's uh, let's take a uh, let's uh, take a thought here. And I wanted to deal with this subject of uh, light again. We we've been doing this on Wednesday nights, and we've done three. And then this morning, I just was uh, just moved in this direction here. So I want you just to follow me this morning uh, as best you can. Now, <clears throat> we know that we live in a day that is really an extraordinary day. It's a day when there is promised to be light, but we live in a night cycle. It is a time when there is gross darkness that covers, or the darkness that covers the earth and gross darkness that covers the people. So it's a day of contrast. It's a day when uh, there are, uh, there is an increasing amount of, of darkness and disinformation that's out there. And of course, uh, disinformation is wrong information. Because even if you have the right information at the wrong time, uh, doesn't really do you much good. When God gives information or when God gives revelation, it's in the right season. Always is. But when Satan gets involved, there's generally darkness associated with that, and people are believing things at the wrong time, and they're looking for the wrong thing because they have no idea where they are in the timeline. And so it's a confusing time for the world. It's a dark time for the world. And uh, it is a, a season for them to be without a clear understanding of really what's going on. How many would agree? In the world, that's pretty clear. And you look at their uh, projections and you look at their, uh, their predictions. You look at their analysis of things and they will assume, well, it'll be this way and it'll be that way. And they're, they're, they're constantly trying to uh, figure out where this is going and where this is leading. Uh, anyone who's smart will certainly has certainly not uh, predicted the outcome of the situation in Ukraine with Russia, uh, because man, that could that could just go in a number of different ways, right? I mean, that's uh, common sense would tell you that's a tough one to predict. Even if it looks like it's over, it's still a tough one to predict. But when it comes to the mind of God, He knows exactly what the future holds. And so the closer we are, the more we tap into the mind of God, the more we are at peace. Even if we don't know the exact uh, order of events, everything that's going to take place, we may not know exactly how everything is going to roll out on an individual basis. We do know this, that God does hold the future, and it's all going to work together to fulfill prophecy in our time. Because that's the way that God works, right? The Bible says, or sorry, the, the first the, the statement by Brother Branham that I gave you, I think, last Sunday, that when God makes a promise, he said when he made the promise that Jesus would come, they failed to understand it. Yet the Bible plainly said that he would be born lowly, born a certain way, and how he would come riding on the foal of an ass and so forth. The scripture was fulfilled when he made the promise because God made a way. So when God speaks it in the mind of God, it's already done. It's a done deal, right? He had a virgin to bring the child, and he had all of these things ready because he spoke it. And when he speaks it, he's got to keep his word. So God doesn't say words haphazardly. He doesn't say words casually. When he speaks something, to him it's already done. It's already a completed thing. And that's the way it is in the mind of God. 
So even though the world may not have tapped into that, they may not know that, it's still going to come to pass exactly the way that God has said. And as I said to you, we live in a time where, uh, in comp- complementing that, I gave you another statement there where Brother Branham said that a good man won't give you a check, uh, won't give you a check with no money in the bank. An honest man won't do that. Well, God wouldn't give you his check for salvation or healing or let's add in rapture. Right? Let's add in the things that are promised to the people of God. He wouldn't add in the millennium. Right? Wouldn't add in the wedding supper. God wouldn't make promises concerning that unless there was a deposit for that. And he said, God has prepared it. And he told Noah, build me an ark. Before these great disasters happen, God always gives a warning. He always makes a way of escape. He prepares it. And Noah, I want you to build me an ark. They had no water on earth, just springs, and it never did rain. And how foolish sometimes it seems to the carnal mind. But when God gives a promise, the world can't understand it. That doesn't hold God back. That doesn't diminish God's energy or his enthusiasm for fulfilling his word. Even if the world doesn't understand it, they don't catch it, and they don't agree with it, doesn't matter to God. He's going to fulfill it exactly in his time, his way, and it's going to come to pass perfectly. We believe that, right? And all I'm trying to do is to uh, encourage you to think in a broader perspective so that, uh, you know, we have certain ideas or certain expectations about how the end will come or what's going to happen. Uh, let me tell you, it's going to happen God's way. To me, your job is to be ready to believe whatever God sends and to go whatever way God leads. Believe whatever God sends and then to go whichever way that God leads. And it may not be the way we're thinking. It may not have happened the way we uh, expected it to happen. Things may not be fulfilled in exactly the pattern that we thought they were uh, based on, you know, everything that's happened in the past. Let me tell you, God does things in his own way. But I believe based on these two statements that I've given you already, that God's already got to figure it out. God's already got a plan. If he's already written the check and handed it to the bride through a prophet, he's already got a deposit in the bank that's going to uh, going to be there to uh, respond to that cash check. You believe that? So again, now we live in a in in a in a season of contrast. Let me give you a little contrast here, if you don't mind. Today in Ukraine is Easter Sunday. They're a, a week a week or two off from where we are, and I want to show you two scenes in uh, in Ukraine, if you don't mind. And uh, let's pull the first one over there. We've got one where, which is looking out in the community, and this is the city of Ushgorod. And uh, this was sent to me this morning, uh, an Easter Easter Sunday morning. And this is the condition out there in Ushgorod. You got to listen. Got to listen real carefully, real real careful. Really, really, really carefully. Really, really closely. There's a lot of people in, in this part of the world who really are, uh, in a, in a very real way, they're, they're, uh, governed by fear. And they never know what's coming. They never know what's next. And as a result of that, they live in a, in a kind of a environment Now we hear this air raid alarm again. So this is this morning, just outside the church where the believers are.
this is considered a peaceful side of Ukraine. And every day, just about, these sirens go off, and they're, they're forced, uh, you know, to uh, uh, find shelter, and everything shuts down, everything stops when they do that. And this is the, the you know, the, the condition that the, the nation is in, because they have no idea whether this is a true air raid signal or not. They're just reacting to the uh, uh, commands that they're, they're given there. Okay, let's, let's run up the second one. But this was a nice contrast. This is inside the church. All right. Uh, this is not a defeated people. This is a people who uh, they still believe the promise. They're they're quite interested in uh, in what God is saying. And in the midst of the darkness and the fear and everything else that's going on around them, uh, there are people that are uh, you know just still interested and very enthusiastic about getting uh, getting uh, into church and getting in that environment. And what a great thing it is! I, I think you would appreciate the environment of assembling with the saints in a in a greater way, uh, when you have that going on on the outside, when you have that kind of environment on the outside, coming in on the inside, hey, that's a, that's a great thing. That's a comforting thing to know you, that you're in the, in the presence of God. But I will tell you, that's, uh, that to me, that's the way the bride ought to be feeling in this hour that we're living in, because we are turning northward. We are turning to where, uh, God would have us to, uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, travel to, if you like, if God is pointing us towards our destiny. So I want to just, uh, just very quickly here, and this is just a reminder of some basic scriptures and principles here, because I want to get into something. In Job 23, we know that based on what Job says here, that God is sovereign. In other words, God does not consult with anybody. He is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. So God does not, uh, God does not subject himself to other people to decide what to do. He is sovereign. He makes decisions, and he makes decisions that are uh, for the best for his people. And he makes decisions that are uh, going to fulfill his will and perform his will. Do you believe that? If that's true, that's also true about you. If you're a child of God, then it's also true about you. And Brother Branham describes it this way. He said that when God, God fulfills his word and, and the season rolls around where God, God brings his word to pass, it causes an attraction. 
And he spends great time in this sermon in 1965 talking about what is the attraction on the mountain. And it was God fulfilling his word uh, in a peculiar way uh, to, the, to the people around. But it, it, was, it, was a defi- it, it was a definitive thing to the elect. They, they recognize there's something in them that is capable of recognizing or latching on to what God is actually doing in our time. We may not, we may not have expected it, but it somehow works to get the attention on the inside of the elect and they realize there's something about that that's different. That's God that's doing that. It's not much different than how that when you came across the message, if you were not raised in a message church, but if you came across the message and all of a sudden you heard uh, the things that God had performed in our time, you realize even without understanding a lot, you understood uh, that somehow this is right, this is of God. You didn't know a whole lot of Bible verses related to the message. You didn't, never heard a whole lot of quotes. And you never, like in my case, I never, uh, I, I could never figure out what was Old Testament and New Testament. I didn't understand those two terms. And uh, it, it, it never, it ne- I never really understood that principle until I came into the message and somebody gave me a Bible. I never understood what the distinction was between Old and New Testament. I thought, well, maybe they're two separate books. I mean, that's how ignorant I was. And I had no, uh, in other words, there was nothing that I brought to the table where my analysis of this message proved that it was right. My analysis gave it approval. <laughs> no, let me tell you, if you got a guy who's doing an analysis and he doesn't know what the Old Testament is versus the New Testament, he's not the best guy to ask for an analysis. Right? I mean, I, I didn't know, I didn't know who Philemon was. I didn't know who the Leviticuses were. Uh, I had no idea at all. But yet, when I came in contact with this message, I knew absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, it was right. Amen. And that was not intellect. It went way beyond intellect. It was something on the inside that proved that somehow or another, it was an absolute proof that this message was right. When I heard it, something clicked on the inside. Something was very made real on the inside. And that has nothing to do with intellect at all. And so when God fulfills his word and he brings it to pass, it has, a, it has an attraction for the elect. They pick it up. They realize that uh, this is something that God is doing. This is something uh, in, in his, uh, that God is performing. Now, I want to... Uh, I want to just divert for a moment here, and, uh, and and if you don't mind, let's take your Bible here, and let's go over to the book of Deuteronomy. And I, I don't even know if I have all of these, uh, if I have these scriptures here on the, on the screen. I'm not sure, and I can't get to it. So let's go to Proverbs chapter, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, you remember last week I, I mentioned this little principle at how that God makes promises to his people, and he, and he illuminates those promises. He magnifies those promises in our eyes. Promises are great. Promises are things, obviously, that we have to look forward to. They are things that if God makes a promise about our future or about where we're going as the people of God, those are things we know, as we've quoted here already, we know we can count on them. They're solid and they're real. But there's a process that brings us to the fulfillment of the promise. And that process is also very real, but God does not really reveal a great deal about these processes. I gave you the example of how at, uh, when God told Joseph through those dreams that everyone would bow down to him, those sheaves in the field, they all bowed down to his sheaf. And, uh, you know, the, the, the scene that Joseph saw and he relayed to his brothers there. And it was a promise that God would bring that to pass one day, and he did. 
But God never told Joseph at all, never ever shared with him the process that it would take for him to get to the fulfillment of that promise. Right? And so there are things that God does not share, but he allows us to go through. And I, I understand the reasoning. I, 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 I get it why God does not always say, uh, this is where you're going to wind up. And let me tell you how you're going to get there. Let me tell you what you're going to suffer on the way to this place. Let me tell you what you're going to endure as you go through to this place. Now, listen, uh, God could do that, but he's chosen not to do that. Most of us don't get the play-by-play of our everyday life, Right? And it's probably a good thing because when you, when you envision the promise and you embrace it and you say amen to it, let me tell you, you have, you have that determination in your heart. Nothing's going to stop me and you have no idea what you're saying. Because if you could look at it in advance, you probably would make a decision. Some people would probably make a decision. I will tell you this, that the elect of God cannot be moved. The elect of God cannot be deceived. I don't believe the elect of God can be stopped. I don't believe that the elect of God can miss what God has for them. Do you believe that? I don't believe the elect of God can miss what God has for them. But God wants to experience it one day at a time. He wants us to experience it one step of faith at a time. Because when we know that we're on the right path and we know we're in the will of God, let me tell you something, there's a, there's a strength that's built inside of us when we say, hey, I never got here by my own accord. How many of you can say you got here today by your own accord? Hey, we, we have been led to where we are. We have been brought to where we are. We have been, uh, you know, I believe divinely appointed to where we are in this. You never chose to live in this age. You never chose to live in this part of the world. You never chose your skin color. You never chose a lot of things about where you are. But God brought Brought you to where you are because he's on the way to fulfilling everything about you that he had in your mind, just like he did about Joseph and what he had in his mind about him. So God gives us promises, and we find in Deuteronomy chapter 30 here that God gives uh, Moses the promise that he passes on to the children of Israel, and this is just before they cross over, and obviously just before Moses passes away. And he says in verse 1, and all, and it shall come to pass that all these things shall come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have given you, and so forth. Drop down to 3. That then the Lord will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all nations, whether the Lord has scattered thee. And if any of thine be driven out unto the utmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from whence will he fetch thee. He must have been a southerner. Moses must have had a little bit of southern blood in him here. Where he says that if any of your offspring are, are scattered, if they're, if they're abroad in any way, I'll go fetch them. I'll make sure that they get here. Because it's God's promise to us that not anyone will miss it. But every one of them will be there. No one's able to pluck them out of my hand. Can you say amen? And he said, if any of you be driven out, if any circumstance takes you away from here, hey, I'm watching over you. I'll bring you back because this is your land. I gave it to Father Abraham. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it. And, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God shall circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. That's, that's God's desire, to circumcise the heart so that these people fall in love with him and they follow him and obey him because they love him. Not because they have to and not because they miss out on the benefits if they don't. But they, they, they love him with all their heart. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And nine, and the Lord thy God 
you understand, these are promises that he's making. And the Lord thy God shall make the plenteous in every work of thine hand and in the fruit of thy body. In other words, you'll have offspring. You'll have generations that'll spring up from you. And in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy land. For the Lord again uh, will rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced in thy fathers. 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it will not be hidden from thee, neither is it afar off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst have to say, Who shall go up for us uh, to heaven to bring it unto us that we may hear and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? I believe that. I, I believe that, uh, you know, in the, in the way that God uh, reveals his word, the people of Africa don't need to come here to, to receive the message. I believe that God has made it available through the principle of the fivefold ministry and, and the, the spreading of the, of the message and the books and everything else all over the world so that God can deal with the bride everywhere all at the same time. And I'll tell you, Lord willing, we'll go to Malawi in, in October and dedicate the, you know, our building over there and meet with the people over there. I won't have to preach anything different over there than what I would preach here. I'll preach over there just like I preach over here. And that's, that's the evidence that God, uh, you know, He's not isolated just in one place. This is not about Jeffersonville. It's not about, uh, you know, in Salt Lake City at uh, the Mormon Tabernacle. It's all not in the Vatican. Let me tell you, this is God dealing with His bride all over the earth. And he said, you don't need to go up to heaven to bring it down. You don't need to go down to the depths of the sea to bring it up. But he said, the word, verse 14, is nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. And I have set before thee this day life and death and evil, life and, and good and death and evil. I have set it before you. And he says, well, you're not, you're not a bunch of robots. You're not a bunch of people that, uh, you know, are mandated to do things here. But now you need to make your choice. I've, I, I brought you to this place. And if you're, if you're not where you should be, I'll go fetch you and bring you to where you should be. But you've got to make a choice. There's got to be something within you that rises up, that desires to possess the land, that desires to actually be in this place. I'm not going to force that upon you, but I'll circumcise your heart and put a love of God in there. Now he says you're going to love the Lord thy God and do it. And do it. And I believe the Holy Spirit's given to us in exactly the same way. That God does not force us to love him. He does not force us to obey. He doesn't force us to forgive he doesn't force us to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, deal graciously with one another. God gives us that in his word, in his commandments. And you know what? Uh, he gives us a heart that desires to do those things. And I thank God for that. Because humanly speaking, we probably all shirk from our responsibilities from time to time. Because we say, well, I got a right and I got hurt and I got betrayed and I'm jealous and uh, something else. But let me tell you. The heart of God overrides, overrides the normal human feelings that we have. Aren't you glad that that happens? The power of God actually in you overrides a lot of those human feelings that we have. I'm glad we're not led by, by our human feelings. I'm glad we're not, I'm glad we're not basing everything in our, 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 our journey here on how people treat us. I'm glad we're not basing our journey on how I felt this morning when the alarm went off. I'm glad it doesn't depend on that. I'm glad it doesn't depend on whether I feel good or whether I don't. But there's a power of God that overrides all of those feelings. Thank God there's a power of God that goes above that and says, Hey, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And greater is he that's in you than things that you can feel or people can say about you. And, and this is what God says. I'm going to put that in your heart. Now he says you need to go and possess it. You need to go and do it. You need to, you need to actually uh, possess that land. That's the promise that God gives. Now, turn over in your Bible, if you will, 
Joshua chapter 14. <coughs> Excuse me, that's the, that's the promise that God gives. We find also he gives a, another statement of that promise in a shortened version over in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. Now look at Joshua chapter 13. All right, so God said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drive out your enemies. I'm going to give you the land. And that's the promise. But the process takes longer than just one supernatural act of God. Now, how many believe that God could, in in a single moment, he could destroy the enemies of the children of Israel? He could have made the land vacant, right? God could have done that. Because God is the author of fire that falls from heaven, right? He's the composer of that. So therefore, he could have destroyed the inhabitants of the land. But we find over here in Joshua chapter 13, it says, And Joshua was old and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. So it's a process. The land has not been possessed overnight. It's, it's gone on to the point where Joshua is an old man. And he says in verse 2, This is a land that yet remaineth all the borders of the Philistines and all Geshuri. And all down through the whole chapter, he's describing lands that haven't been possessed yet. These are promises that are yours. These are, these are parcels of land that are uh, not inhabited yet. It, it's, it's for you. It is yours. God's already given it to you. The promise has been made. But this is a, a timely process. Right? Are we Okay. And then, jo- then Caleb shows up, and and the you know the the children, uh, the, the children of Caleb's descendants, and they all they all show up one day to Joshua's place, and it says in verse six, then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenazite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses the man of God concerning me, and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Remember that forty two years ago. God stood on the mountain back then. And 40 years old when I was, when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Moses sent me and you and listen, here we are. Nevertheless, eight, my brethren that went, went up with me made the heart of the people melt and I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day saying, surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine. Thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, he says, God's kept me alive over all of these years, these forty and five years. And ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm eighty-five years old, and here I am forty-five years later, and God made that promise through Moses to me. And he says in 11, and yet I'm as strong this day as I was that day that Moses sent that, sent me across the land. Now 12. Now therefore give me this mountain where the Lord has spoken in that day. Give me my mountain. Give me my possession. Give me my inheritance in this land now because that's a promise that God made. And now through the process of time, we've come to the place where it's now my time to step up here and possess the land and inherit that land. 
And that was Caleb's cry. That was Caleb's heart. He's not looking back at Egypt. He's not looking back at what he left behind. He's not looking at the other things everybody else is doing. He's looking at his promise and he's looking at his inheritance. And he's making the statement here. Hey, this is my time to claim this. And I say this today. I believe that we are the people and we ought to wake up and realize that God has brought you to this hour here. And there are a lot of things yet. To me, there are a lot of things that are yet to possess. But God, I believe, is turning the heart of his bride towards those promises and saying, hey, if it's ours and God's made a promise, let's possess it. Let's put our feet on it and let's own it and let's believe it and let's see God move through that promise and fulfill His word concerning our lives. Let's ask God to give us that rapturing faith that He promised in this last day so that we can step off here in a moment and our bodies be changed. Let's do that. Let's let's actually do that in in this time. And this is what Caleb's desire was. I'm not looking at anything else. I'm not looking at something that I don't don't belong that that doesn't belong to me. I'm not looking at something that uh, belongs to somebody else. I'm looking at what God promised me 40 40 years ago when we stood on top of the mountain there. Now He says, "Give me that mountain." Now's the time. Now we've come. Let's possess that land. Time for us to wake up and realize this is the time that God's brought you to. Now, I need you to think about this for a moment here, that Brother Branham uh, made a, a statement here, and he defined this in several places uh, in, in his teaching. But he, um, he said it very clearly here, and I'm just, uh, just going to pull it up here. And he talks about redemption. And he starts off in this message here, God Rich in Mercy, and, uh, in 1965, and he he, he opens up the sermon service and he says, now last night he said we were talking about the book of Ephesians. And he said, I was talking about the whole plan of redemption. And uh, he begins to talk about that and then he defines it again for us. He said, redemption has two different parts. I like this little summary that he gives. Redemption has two parts. Come out of and entering into. That's two parts. And you can't have one, you can't have a full experience of redemption until you go through both parts. He said there cannot be, uh, he says, first you have to come out. You have to come out, and, and then he, uh, there's a dot, dot, dot. He explains you have to come completely out. He said some people want to bring the world out with them. But he says you have to come completely out, and there cannot be one thing in your way. So when there's a, there, there's a first day coming out, and then there's an entering, and, and nothing can be in your way as you're entering into the promised land. Nothing. To really have genuine faith, you must absolutely leave everything that's contrary to the word of God behind to enter into faith. You've got to leave everything that's contrary to the word behind to enter into faith, the faith that's going to get you across the, the land. And he said, now, that was the book of Ephesians of the Old Testament, and Joshua and Moses represented the law. Couldn't save anybody. That's why Moses came only to the river. Moses never crossed the river into the promised land because he represented law. And law could not save you. Law could not get you over the river. But grace could. And here Joshua is the same like Jesus, Jehovah's Savior. And we find out that we've come to another Ephesians here, another uh, Ephesians. And we, have, uh, we must have, therefore, another exodus to come out and to go into for the rapture. Must have another one. So, Brother Bram's tying together this whole idea of the first exodus back here. And he says, now we must have another one here. But we've got to come completely out before we go completely in. So you've got to come out of your past. Right? Because most of our past don't belong in heaven. How many would agree? Your old sinful life, your old filthy life. 
hey, it doesn't belong in heaven. So we got to completely separate from that. We got to completely separate from uh, ideas and attitudes that uh, are not spawned by the Holy Spirit. We got to separate from that. Now this is this becomes a little harder now, but this is what uh, what what God's laid on my heart. So take it up with Him. All right. If you got a problem here this morning, take it up with him. But I just say this, that I, I believe that we have to se- learn to separate from the attitudes and things that never, that never were birthed by the Holy Spirit. They never came from the Holy Spirit. Like an attitude of pride. Pride uh, will make somebody who's proud feel really good and really important. And they have an inflated view of themselves. When they look in the mirror, you know, and they'll say, hey... Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the greatest of them all? I know, I know the answer to that already. People who are proud have a really inflated opinion of themselves. And they, they, uh, they're the, sometimes they're the hardest people to deal with because they can't be told. Right? They got it all figured out. Can't be told. You can say things a certain way and, hey, they'll go right on. Got all kinds of justification for it. All kinds of reasons why that doesn't apply to me and go right on at who's this person to tell me anyway. And it's a really, really hard thing to deal with. And it ain't dead. It's alive. That spirit is alive. And, uh, you know, there, there are all kinds of, uh, there are all kinds of things that God really wants us to leave behind. But we're not always easily, uh, we're not always easily convinced that we need to leave those things behind. But nonetheless, there's, there's also this other part of going in, uh, going in. Now, I, I need to ask you without you giving an answer, which do you think would be easier, the coming out or the going in? Don't answer. Which do you think would be the easier thing to accomplish, the going out or the going in? Let's go back to the first Exodus and take a look. Which would be the easiest thing to do, to come out? Well, you know when you stand, when you stood there on the the brinks of the uh, of of the uh, Red Sea where Moses and sorry I, I I listen to sermons all the time and I I, I ride around in my truck or my vehicle and I, I sometimes you know you get something that's so inspiring you got to write it down and I, I, if I don't have paper and I don't want to be typing on my phone as I'm driving none of you would do that I know. And I, so I don't want to do that. So I just retched behind me and I pulled off a piece of a box there that was in the back seat. And I, I, I so sorry, that's where my notes are. So, and I, I got to write it down because you know you think, wow, that's that's so great. I listen to sermons of Brother Branham and I listen to other people's sermons that I trust and uh, you know edified. And I, I I like to write it down because you think, oh wow, that's so fantastic. And then you think, I'll never forget it. And then they say something better, and then you realize, what was that first thing that was really so great? And then you wind up rewinding and going back and all the rest. So I got to write it down. That's that's who I am. I'm over thirty, and I I got to write it down. So. Here they were now in, in the first exodus, and they're, they're, they're coming out. If you stood there in the Red Sea and looked back, what would you see? What would you see in the, in, if you were standing there, you know, going across, and you're seeing one of them, and you're over on the other side, and they're all singing with tambourines, and, and, and they look back. What would you see? You'd see a crushed superpower. To see a crushed nation is a difficult thing, but to see a crushed superpower is a really difficult thing because all of the might of Pharaoh's army are now floating around, bobbing around in the depths of the sea. God closed the sea up on them and they all died. And here's Pharaoh on the other side, you know, shaking his head and, uh, you know, turning around to go back to a broken Egypt 
where the economy has been fractured by darkness and flies and dead cows and diseases and water turned to blood and all the other things that have happened. You're looking back and the ashes of a superpower. Wouldn't be hard to leave that. Wouldn't be hard to leave a place that's full of disease and pestilence. It's not hard to leave a world that's falling apart. Come on, folks. You're looking back at the world that fell apart and you're looking, would, would I want to go back to that? Would I want to, would I want to come back to that world now and say, hey, right, well, let's go back to Egypt. They got great restaurants. You think about it. It would not be hard to leave Egypt. Believing that God is in this and God's got something ahead for you and you're, you're moving ahead. My goodness, what a great thing that would be to leave that, all of that problem that was there and, and, and to be able to, to walk out and, and to be able to, uh, you know, see the, the ruins of it and how that none of these men who were with you, none of these millions of people that came across the sea had any part in lifting a hand or a spear or a sword against a nation there, but God did it. God destroyed it. And you got this, this overwhelming confidence in your heart that if God can do that, God can bring us to the promised land. Yes, sir, let's go. Really, in a sense, it wouldn't be hard to leave that. But let me add this part and say that, as we know in the scripture, only two made it in. Wasn't hard for everybody to come out. They all did. Even the unbelievers and all the other rascals that later died in the wilderness. They all came out. Because it was easier to get out than it was to get in. Only of that crew that came out in that glorious exit... Only two of them actually made it in. Let me ask you again. Which do you think would be easier, the coming out or the going in? Look around at our world. Look around at our, our system here. Look around at, 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 at things that in our world. There's nothing out there that's not tainted by the corruption of Satan's kingdom. Of, of the God of this evil age. He's, he's taken things that we, we didn't expect and perverted them, tainted them. So much so that right down to the food you eat, to the Disney that used to be, to gender status in every facet of life, you look back and say, oh yeah, I'd love to come back to this. Love to come back to where, where it's not clear whether I'm a boy or a girl. You want to go back to Disney? You want to go back to... All right, that's the world. You want to go back to the religious systems of our time? Sister Angela sent me a, a shot today, a screenshot today that I, did, I did, would not show here today. But in essence, it was a church down here in South Carolina that was having drag day. This is a a large uh, Protestant church that was going to have drag day on Sunday night. So everybody dressed up in drag and comes there having a festivity over all the drag things that night in church. And that was the advertisement. She sent it to me and I... I, I, I said it, I just forwarded it to a couple of brothers, and my goodness, this just a, it, it's you got to look at it to see is this really what it's saying? 
Now, look, we have no interest in, in, you know, going back to a denominational system at all. But I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I just say this. Is there, is there anything really that holds you to this world that you would say, oh, not yet, Lord, not yet. I don't, I don't pray that way anymore. I may have prayed that way when I was single, but I don't pray that way anymore. I say, Lord, take us now. Take my wife and I now. Take our, our family. Take our grandchildren and just take us from this world. There's nothing now that calls me back. There's nothing that lures me back. There's nothing that, that, you know, draws on my heart so strong that I would say, Lord, just another day, just another week, just another service here. I'm sorry, I don't say that. I, I rather say, Lord, give me something to say to the people that might build them up just a little bit. Because if we get up just a little bit, we may be a little closer to getting out of here. And I'd rather be building the people towards that than to making them better citizens of the United States here and better uh, members of this earthly kingdom. I'd rather be preparing you for, for citizenship in that kingdom over there. I'd rather be baptizing Theo today because he may be the last seed. And we really don't know. And I'd rather be doing that. And getting ready to go rather than building castles to stay here. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of invitations. There's no amount of missionary work. There's no amount of books to print that, that I, I, I would, I would want to stay for and or any kind of number I'd want to reach or anything like that. Hey, you can have it all. You can take it all. They can have the printing presses after we're gone because we won't need them where we're going. I say, God, make the word that we have live in our heart and do it today, Lord, so we don't have to go through another week. Get us ready to cross over on that side. Is it easier to go out or is it easier to come in? I told you on Wednesday night, I showed you the picture of diminishing light. You know, the light that was filtering through the forest. And it, it's the light of a fading of another day. And Brother Branham said in the first generation, he said, they gloried in Pentecost. In the second generation, they were the people who heard about it. And the third generation, he said, watch what happens. We're kind of in that, you know, second and third generation thing where we got people who are grown up who have not really experienced firsthand any of the stories or meetings of Brother Branham. None of you here, I don't think, Sister Doris and my wife, you know, had just a couple here, my father-in-law, who were uh, around, not many left now, who were actually in the meetings themselves and, and, and stood there and, you know, experienced the glory. Not many left at all. So you got another generation that heard about it. Now you got another generation like we're looking at here uh, today. Another generation. Farther we get away, what happens is you have diminishing amounts of light. And the danger with that, the danger with that kind of erosion is that there's other things that come in that all of a sudden become or act like they're brighter than anything we've seen in our time. But I need to think about this generation now that crossed into the land. Let's think about it now for a moment. They wandered for 40 years. All right, let's put it in our terms. 2022, that means it would be the equivalent of everybody who was born after 1982. They're the people who are 40 years wandering in the wilderness. If we're at the crossing over in 2022... Be a new generation, everybody who was born after 1982. If you don't mind, everybody who was born after 1982, stand to your feet. If you're born after, some of you are thinking, here's some of you are counting. If you can't figure it out, you probably were born after 1982, all right? Just, just be kind and say it. 
For all you folks that are still sitting, God bless you. I'd, I'd be sitting too if I was where you are. Look at this. I mean, you got about half the church born after 1982. All right, thank you. Sit down. So these people would be, uh, yeah. Uh, who was Dathan? I heard the name. I heard mom and dad talk about the name. I heard grandpa and grandpa talk about the name, but I heard that he wasn't a great guy, but, um, you know, don't know anything about him. Or how about the brass serpent? And you guys would be looking at me saying, well, tell us the story again. It's the only way I know it is, is by the stories that you tell, because this is 40 years ago now, and these things happened back before that 40 years. Oh, and the grapes and... Uh, can, can we go, can we have uh, Caleb preach again on, on, on Saturday? Because that's when they preach. And can we have him preach on Saturday and tell us about the big size of the grapes here? Because none of us were alive when that happened. In a sense, it's the same as you folks that are here that all stood. Uh, you were not around when all those great meetings took place back in Brother Branham's day. doesn't mean it didn't happen. Doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean that it wasn't fantastic and supernatural. It surely was. But you weren't there to see it. You didn't experience that because you were born at a later time. Just like all these other uh, young people that uh, were born in the wilderness over that time period. And they're wandering out there. And, and all their life, they knew desert. All their life, they knew marching into desert and walking around and going through the uh, motions of, uh, you know, having the uh, Moses with them and eating, gathering manna and seeing the pillar of fire in the cloud. And all of this, you know, went on and on and on for 40 years until one day God says we're going to turn northward. And now we're going to do this. And the Bible says, if you take a reading in the rest of the story about Caleb, Caleb stands there and says, the promise that God made to me 40-odd years ago is still as real today as it was when God made it. It burns in my heart just the same as when God made it. And we're, now I'm 85 years old, and here we are standing here, Joshua, and there's still land to conquer, and I, I'm, I'm facing this way. To me, it doesn't matter whether you were born back there or whether, for all of you people that sat down, or whether you were standing up just a moment ago, it doesn't matter. The promise is still real, and the promise is still true, and the promise is still available to all the people of God. What's the difference? Who is it for? It is for them like Caleb who had another spirit, and their spirit was, I own that land because God has promised it to me. I own it. It's as good as mine. And therefore, there's no devil going to keep it from me. There's no power going to stop me from possessing it. But God's given me that land. And God doesn't write checks unless he's got money in the bank. And God would never have said, that's your mountain, unless he knew from before the foundation of the world, that mountain was mine. And so, let me go and possess it. And that's the kind of attitude that Caleb had. And it didn't matter whether he was back 40 years ago in Kadesh Barnea or whether he stood here as a young man on the front row in the pew and just hearing the stories. It didn't matter to him. The promise was the thing that made the difference. The promise was the thing that made the difference. And Caleb had that had that determination in his heart that he was actually going to cross that land and he was going to take possession of that of that place. Let me tell you something, saints of God. Distance was never the problem. I said distance was never the problem when it came to the children of Israel. It was not that far of a journey. Distance wasn't the problem. Unbelief was. That was where the problem lay. It was not in the geographical distance that, you know, they couldn't make the journey and they gave up before they got there. No, sir. Common sense would tell you. 
that it was the right thing to do to leave Egypt. Everybody in their right mind left Egypt and went out with Moses. And I don't doubt there was other people who left with the children of Israel because they saw the demise of Egypt there. And who wouldn't? But I'll tell you what, I want to be numbered among those people that enter in. I want to be entered, I want to be numbered among that people who, who enter into that promised land. I, I want to be counted among that people and I want to have God give me whatever attitude I need to have in order for me to have, be like Caleb and to be able to look at that mountain there unpossessed and say, that's a, that's a territory that God's given to me and I'm going to possess it by His grace and by His power and by His strength. That's how I'm going to possess it here. That ought to be the desire of every heart. And I'm not telling you that, I'm not telling you this because I'm mad at you or my face might look mad. I was, uh, my, my texts sound mad. Uh, I write short texts. I write brief texts, me and Mitchell. I write, I write clipped sentences or a lot of times people only get a thumbs up. Only a few get a thumbs down, but most people get a thumbs up. And I say some things on text and people are, they're looking at each other. I better not respond to that because I don't know whether he's mad or he's not. My texts even convey that. And I, I, by God's grace, I'm going to try to change that. Because if that's the way I really am, I don't want to be like that in heaven. Where people wouldn't, uh, we'll pass his house. We, we're visiting house to house here, but after 7,000 years, we still haven't figured it out. Whether, he's, whether he loves us or not. And he invited us over, and we're not sure whether we're in trouble or not. Uh, so we'll just pass on that, okay? I don't want to be like that. I don't want you to be wrestling in glory as to whether I love you or whether, you, whether I don't. Let me tell you, the, the fact that I'm here is evidence that I love you. Because I don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. And I don't have to be here. But I'm here because I love you. I'm not here because I'm, uh, you know, I, 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 I get wealth because I'm here. That's, that, has, that has not or ever has entered into it at all. I'm not here because it makes me uh, feel great. I'm not here because uh, everyone is uber enthused about what I say. I can tell by your faces, you're even upset that I woke you up. Some of you. I'm here because I love you. And I want to I have, I want to I be able to see myself in a way that God would see me so I can change the things that need to be changed. Or at least I can ask God to help me change the things that need to be changed. Am I, am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? Am I? And, and I, again, I'm not mad at you. And I, even though I might say it in a way that my face gets red, I'm not at all mad at you. I'm, I'm really not. And I've got to explain that. But I, I'm not mad at all. But I was telling Big Joe over here the other day that, uh, you know, I, just, uh, just, uh, I was trying to learn a technique uh, you know, I like to play tennis every now and then, and I, I, I was uh, trying to correct something that's been a problem for me. And I, I, I got a guy who is a, uh, like a pro guy, and I had him say, just, just help me. Help me to be able to do this right. I don't want to do it wrong. Just help me do it right. And I don't play tournaments, or I don't play, uh, I, you know, it's, it's just me and Sister Becky, and she doesn't play. So, you know, you can only hit the ball one way so many times, right? So... But I just, I just, I just enjoy it. So I was, I was, I was hitting the ball, and I said to this guy, I said, "What is, what is, what is this like? What is my, what is my hitting like? Like how, do, how would you, what does it compare to?" 
Is it any good or is it not any good? So he took a, he, he said, well, I'll show you. And he took an iPad and he got in front of me, he got on the side of me like this and he took the picture, several pictures. And he took one where I hit the ball right and then he took it and put it next to a, a thing where I hit it wrong. And I was showing Big Joe because my whole goal, and Joe knows this, my whole modus operandi, my whole heart's desire is to beat him. And to beat the daylights out of them on the court. And it will happen. It will happen. Bring it on, buddy. Bring it on. But I was able to see myself. I'm saying this for a reason here now. I was able to see myself. And I'm like, whoa. Is that what, is that what it looks like? Is that what I, what I uh, act like out there when I hit the ball? And I, I was shocked. I was, I was amazed at that. And, and then he sh- compared it to one that was incorrect. And, uh, you know, you could easily say, ah, that's why this happens. is because my arm is doing this and my foot's doing this. And, uh, you know, and all the other little pieces that they, uh, they fuss at you about and all, all the rest. And I, so I, I learned something. I learned something because I could see myself. We're, we're really kind of foolish if we don't look at ourselves to see how we are doing. Not compa- and I don't, wanna, I don't wanna know how I'm doing compared to Joe. I don't wanna know how I'm doing compared to Lincoln. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in saying, am I better than him? Am I, I know, I know that. I know the answer to that. And I don't need to, ask, I, that's not what I wanted to know. I wanted to know, is what I'm doing correct? That's all I wanna know. And if I'm doing that correct, then I need to do it over and over again so I don't forget it. That's the idea. You, you develop muscle memory. And muscle memory is when your muscles will do this because that's what they're trained to do. And they don't need, you don't need to think about, okay, my arm is here, my foot's here, my knee's here, my arm's bent, my, I got a smile. And all, all these things. And when you do them over and over again, they become unconsciously uh, practiced. They become unconsciously, uh, you know, uh, the, the regular way you do something. And that's what, that's what I was wanting to do. If I'm, I don't want to constantly do something wrong over and over again because I'll reinforce it. But if I find out what's right and I do that, I'll do it over and over again. I'll reinforce that. that. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. All I'm saying to you is this. That I believe in the preaching of the word. God allowed us to be able to sit under ministries, whether they're evangelistic or whether they're teachers or pastors or whatever else, to be able to look at ourselves in the word and say, show me what I'm doing right. And I'll keep doing it. And if there's something I'm not doing right, then let me see it so that I can change it. And, and I, I know what to pray for. I know what, where, where the weakness is. I know where my, my, my fault lays. Pardon the pun. I know where my, uh, where my area of correction is so that I, I would, I would know what is the best, uh, practice here. What is it, uh, you know, is it, uh, something to do with faith or is it something to do with confidence? Is it something to do with, uh, you know, uh, just the, the, uh, uh, ability to get over fears that I have? Is it, is it something that I need to stop worrying about? What everybody thinks about me. Whatever it is. But there are things about you that if, if you, if sometimes what we need to do simply is just stop and listen and look at what the Holy Spirit is looking at when He sees you. 
And you should be saying, Lord, show me those areas in my life. Show me those areas. And I will tell you the way that God oftentimes does it. He'll bring a pastor out here or a minister out here. And we got several ministers that are coming this, this uh, summer period here. And some you know and some you don't know. And when you come to church, you know they don't know about your life. And they don't know about your weak areas. You ought to come and be saying, oh, Lord, just deal with that man's heart. And have him come right down my road. And let me see myself right where I am. So that I could know what is right and I could repeat that and perform that and do that. Because the only goal that I have is to get into heaven. The only goal that I have is to take the seat that's ordained for me at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's my goal. My goal is not to be popular. My goal is not to be perfect in this flesh. My goal is not to be making everybody happy in life. My goal is just to be where God wants me to be. And this, this that Joshua had brought them to and this exodus that they're in. And here's Caleb sitting on the other side of the land. And he's, you know, he's, he's saying, give me the thing that God's promised me. God's promised me a place. God's promised me ground. God's promised me a, a, a certain, a certain distinct thing that is mine. And he says, I want to have whatever it is that God has promised me. And I want to have whatever it needs, whatever I need to take possession of that land. Brother Bram says, here we are. He says, we're coming to that place. He says, we're, I'm saying this, he said, not to mix up doctrine, uh, but to straighten it out, that we might get away from this fear and scare. He says, you don't know who you are. You're not, you're, you are not, you are not going to be, but now you are the sons of God. You always were the sons of God. How many believe that? Let me tell you, we don't believe it right. We don't believe it completely. And I'm not faulting you. We don't believe that completely because if we really believe that completely, I believe our bodies would be changed. And, and the reason we don't believe it is because it's not the right time yet. It's not because you lack something. I believe it's because it's not the right time. There has to be, there are things that God is still doing in the earth and things that God is still doing in us to bring us to the point where we will be changed. But you're not, listen to me, you're not holding up the program of God. God's going to fulfill his word in his season, not yours. God's going to fulfill his word in his season. Do you believe that? Somebody say amen. God's going to fulfill his word in his season. The children of Israel are down there crying, oh, God sent a deliverer, God sent a deliverer. And he didn't send it until he was ready to send him. And then God sent him. In this exodus, in this going out, let me tell you, God will bring us all to that point at the same time. It's not because you, uh, you're not morally perfected yet or you got all your thinking squared out in a, in a straight row. Let me tell you, God will get you there, but God will get all of us there at the right time. And at the appointed time, God will wrap it up and say, that's it. I've got my bride. The world is where it needs to be. Israel is where it needs to be. Now is the time to shut it down. And God's not wondering when that will be. He knows when that will be. And all of his bride will be there and ready at that time. This is not an imperfection on your part. This is a seasonal thing Brother Branham's describing. We know we're the children of God. Intellectually, we, how many of you know that you're a child of God? Let me see your hands. How many of you know you're born again, you're a child of God? You're not just a child of your parents, but you're a child of God. We know that. Intellectually, you all raised your hands. We know we are that. But it hasn't had full effect. In other words, the cycle of redemption is not complete because you're still sitting in that body. The last part of redemption is the change of your body. That's the last part of redemption. But watch what he says. For when God had you in his thinking at the beginning, your life 
that's in you now had to be with God before, well, before there was anything but God, you were one of his attributes. He said he knew what your name would be. He knew the color of your hair. He knew whether you'd have hair. And he knew all about you, right? All of those things are, were obvious to God. Watch what he says now. When you were a little boy or a little girl, you'd walk around certain things, wouldn't bother other kids. It seemed like there was something in you that cried out. How many of you can relate to that? There was people that, there was things that people, and I hung around with some pretty crusty characters in my life. Let me tell you, there was things that they did, and I, I just, I just sit there and they, you know, they'd say, all right, you know, everybody's going to do it. And I'd say, I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I was, I was scared to death. I, I, I could never take the name of the Lord in vain, like I told you before. There were certain things that I just could not do. And I didn't know why I couldn't do it. Everybody else around me did it. Everybody I knew did it, but I just couldn't do it. And he said, there was, seems like there was something in you that cried out. He said, there was God somewhere, yet you were a sinner. That was that little form of life in you then. It didn't make sense to me back then when I was in the world, but it makes sense to me now. And he says that then after a while you heard the gospel and maybe you went to church and you picked out this and that and you went from denomination to denomination. We all uh, can tell the story. But one day, you being a part of God, one day, you being a part of God, listen to me, one day, you being a part of God, you didn't know it, but you were a part of God. He said, you had to be a part of that word. What word's he talking about? The word for our day, Right? It's the word for our day, not the word for another age. We were not ordained to be born in Brother Branham's day because we weren't born then. Most of you were born after 1982. And he says, and when you heard the word, you knew where you came from. You knew what was the truth. You're a denominational bouncer. You're someone who doesn't know a thing about the Bible. You don't know a thing about Brother Branham. You don't know a thing about anything related to the message. But Brother Branham said, when you heard the word, you knew what was truth. All of a sudden, you knew what was truth. How many of you can relate? That was my story. Hey, I didn't know a thing about the Bible or anything else, but when I heard this message, I knew it was truth. He said, you were always, the seed was in you always, watch, and the word, seeing the word that was in you, that was before the foundation of the world, saw the word, and you came to it. Now, my friends, that is real light. That's the light of God's word that looks beyond this flesh and looks beyond your singing voice, looks beyond your talents and gifts and looks down to see if there's any real seed of God that lays there. And when it does, it's, it, it connects to that. We've seen that word just like you were before the foundation of the world and you come to it. There's something about this word that is light that penetrates deep within and connects with that little part of you that is really a part of God. And that bond is unbreakable. There's something about that when that, when that seed is quickened and you who were dead in trespasses and sins have he quickened, made alive because you've encountered, you've come in contact with the light of God's presence and all of a sudden there's a quickening, there's, a, there's an event that goes on and you know, all of a sudden you know what's true. You have no degree. You have no authority. You have no, you have no authority to stand up and tell the world that it's right. But we do. Just like, the, just like uh, you know, Peter coming out in the day of Pentecost, right? He's a, he's a Jesus denier a few days ago. He's one who turned his back on Jesus a couple of days ago. And he stands there in front of the crowd and says, I never even knew him. Right? And he comes out and he says on the day of Pentecost, this is that which was spoken by the prophets. He knows. 
Figure that out. How do we know? How do we actually stand so firm and confident in what we believe? Hey, listen, it's really unexplainable, but it is true nonetheless, because we know, uh, we, we all of a sudden know what's true. It's not an intellectual ability to know that. It is the supernatural power of God that connects with that supernatural gene of God that's always on the inside, and there's a connection made, and you can stand there because all of a sudden you know, you know, that you know, that you know. And when you're living in a night cycle like we are, which Zechariah said, it'll be a day which is neither day nor night. It'll be, you know, that, that hazy, dark period. And gross darkness covers the people that are in this world and all the rest of it. And you come into that light, it's an obvious thing. How many of you have ever heard of those stories of people that died and crossed over and then came back? Now, I don't believe all of them. I don't believe many of them. I don't know that I believe any of them. But nonetheless, there was one that I know went over on the other side and came back. That one I do believe. But I'll say this. Consistent in all of their stories, if you, and I, I don't read many, but the ones that I have read or heard about, consistently they say, when I died, when my life went out of me, there was a great light. They'll all say the same thing. And the light didn't blind them. It didn't bother them. It, it was just in, a, in the same way, I guess, that when Saul was knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus, there was a light involved there. And in that dimension of God, there seems to be a light there that is not like light over here. And we can't really explain it. It's like cosmic light. We, we can guess and probe at it, but we really don't know what, what that actually means. But even if you Google it, good luck. You, you won't really find much about it. But I know this, that it seems consistently in the presence of God, in the dimension of God, there is a kind of light that's not like light we have over here. And when, when people pass from this life, they enter into this brightness, this beauty, and, uh, you know, they never want to leave that. They never want to leave that because there's an atmosphere that goes with that light. How many would agree? And Brother Branham, you know, when that, when that voice told him, you got to go back, he said, I don't want to go back. But, but there's, there's something about that, that inviting thing that's there. Let me tell you, it's not just, that's just not a, a cuddly feeling. I believe that's a power of the presence of God. That's a manifestation of the presence of God. And I will tell you something, saints of God, whether you realize it or not, the thing that keeps you going, the thing that keeps you going is the power of that dimension and the light of that dimension attaching to the light that's on the inside here and drawing us to that place. Drawing us to that place. Pulling us to that place. And constantly working us towards that place. Because in your humanness, in your offenses, in the disappointments of life, and there are many, we all would find reason to turn away. But it's not about your choice and it's not about your decisions. It's about what God is drawing us to. It's about God turning us to that place. It's about God saying, I'm, I'm over with Egypt. You left it. That was the easy part. Now let me take you as a minority now and bring you into that place, into that, into that dimension that's reserved only for the elect. Nobody got in just because they were following the crowd. Or let me say it this way. Nobody get in just because they were born in a message family. Nobody got in because they went to HBT. 
Nobody got in because they knew Brother Branham and had a handful of dirt in their jar on their, on their bed, bedtime stand, bed stand. Nobody got in that way. Only the elect got in. Only the chosen of God got in. It was easy for everybody to come out, see the destruction behind you and say, ain't staying for that. Got to be a better life somewhere. Only the elect got in. And if that's true, and Brother Bram says we've got to have another exodus now, may God give us whatever it is that makes me fit through that door before that door closes. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying I think, I think isn't it logical that we talk about this at this point? Isn't it logical that we talk about, have this discussion now? Would you rather we have it after the bride is gone? No. Some of you are saying, I don't know whether I should answer or not. I think I'm in trouble. It makes sense for us to have this conversation now. Lord, make me receptive to the voice of God. Make me receptive to the will of God. Make me sensitive to the mind of God. Where I go, who I marry, what I study, what decisions for my family, how do we do this with our children and so forth, what should I do in my old age, all the other decisions that are made. I believe we should be making them, listen, making them looking this way and not this way. This is what the world has to offer. You know what? I want to do what God wants me to do because I want my decision to be able to fit through that door when that door opens. That door is not open, but it will come open. And I want to be able to take my decisions, my choices, my character, and I want to be able to fit through that door going that way, not this way. I'm not interested in fitting back through that door. I believe there's enough space for me to get back into Laodicea. I'm not interested in that. I want to go through that door. Lord, shape me for that door. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stop there. Brother Bram said, remember, he said, the children of God never drove out their tent stakes down so tight that they could not pull it up. And when the fire moved, the pillar of fire, they moved with it, and they, they moved with that pillar of fire. God never wanted them to get accustomed to the wilderness, and he never wanted them to be so bound down by their own traditions or fears or whatever else. He never wanted them to be so tight that they couldn't move whenever God said it's time to move. He wants us to be have that flexibility. And he wants us to be in tune with his timing so that we can make it just exactly through that door at God's appointed time. It is going to happen God's way. It is going to happen according to his plan. It's not because we don't have enough material. It's not because we don't have enough uh, messages. We got them all. We, we, have, uh, we have all the material that, that God uh, would, would deem us to have in this particular hour. Let me tell you. God's got to stir that pot and make it work in us. And, and uh, you know, what we should be praying for is that desire. Lord, point me to that direction. Point me in that, uh, in, in that flow so that when that time comes, Lord, I'll be there. Glory to God. <clears throat> let's sing a little uh, song this morning and let's just worship him together. <clears throat> because there is to me there's great things to look forward to and there's great things that God has God has pointed us to that we have not even possessed on this side yet I think there are lots of things that God would have us to uh, 
to put our feet upon because it's meant for us. Let's sing that little chorus, God Still Moves. In the hearts of his people, God Still Moves. Let's sing that this morning. God Still Moves. God Still Moves. In the hearts of his people, God Still Moves. He slumber, but God still moves. God still moves. Sing it again now. Yes, God still moves. God still God still moves, He does not sleep, nor does He slumber, but God still moves. What key are you? Yes, God still moves. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we pause, Lord, in this season that we find ourselves in, Lord, our desire is, as we have said many times, Lord, our desire is to walk with you and to lay at your feet and to be able to learn and grow and to be able to move, Lord, when your pillar of fire moves. We never want to be so staked down in our our work here, even good work. We don't want to be so tied down in our understanding of things that you can't add to our understanding lord we don't want to be hindered by anything but father we want to move according to your perfect will lord we just commit the people to you lord trusting that your holy spirit will just open up areas lord that we can possess and like caleb lord he remembered the promise that was given to him and lord nothing at all hindered him from possessing that even in his old age lord And may, Father, we have that same desire in our heart that nothing would hold us back from possessing what you have ordained for us, Lord. We love you and we thank you and ask, Lord, that you would just minister to Theo and, God, that you would just touch his heart and receive him today. And, Lord, all those that you're working on, all the hearts you're dealing with, and, Lord, we commit our assembly into your hands, Lord, knowing that you care about us and right exactly where we are. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. God still moves. We'll have Brother Theo come uh, with his folks. He's going to come uh, to be baptized this morning. And anybody else that would like to make that uh, step this morning, you're always certainly certainly welcome to do that. Let's sing that uh, little chorus here. Let's speed it up just a little bit here. And uh, let's sing that little chorus. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. You know that one? We do now. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. 
Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. For He is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. For He is worthy to be praised. Hosanna. Oh, blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, glory, glory to His name. He lives and reigns forevermore. Oh, glory, glory to His name. He lives and reigns forevermore. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Jehovah Jireh is His name, He provideth all my needs. Jehovah Jireh is His name, for He provideth all my needs. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient He must be. He's still working on me. Oh yes, He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. 
He's still working on me In the mirror of His Word Reflections that I see Makes me wonder why He never gave up on me But He loves me as I am And He helps me when I pray Remember He's the potter, I'm the clay Oh, sing it out, kids, sing it out He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be Oh, it took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars How loving and patient He must be He's still working on me This really applies to me There really ought to be A sign upon my heart Don't judge me yet There's an unfinished part Oh, but I'll be perfect Just according to His plan I am fashioned by the Master's loving hand Oh, He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be Oh, it's took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars How loving and patient He must be He's still working on me In the mirror of His Word Reflections that I see Makes me wonder why He never gave up on me But He loves me as I am And He helps me when I pray Remember He's the potter, I'm the clay Oh, I'm glad He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars How loving and patient He must be Oh, He's still working on me Oh, sing it again now Yes, He's still working on me To make me what I ought to be Oh, it took Him just a week To make the moon and the stars The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars How loving and patient He must be He's still working on me This is my desire To honor you Lord, with all my heart I worship you All I have within me I give 
And Lord, may you ordain his footsteps now, Lord, from this day forward for the rest of his life that your purpose in him might be fulfilled. I commit him into your hands, Lord. Pray that you do a great work in his heart. And may he become a real man of God, living to serve you all the days of his life. We commit him to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Theo, based on your desire to walk in newness of life and your obedience to the scripture, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I've been to the river and I've been baptized. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, I've been changed from the creature that I once was. And redeemed is now my name. Oh, I've been changed. I've been newborn. All my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God, has been changed. Although my sins were as scarlet, now they're white as snow. I was bound, but today I am free. I was lost in the darkness, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, I've been changed. I've been newborn. All my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God, has been changed. Oh, when at last in His presence I stand above, He will wipe every tear from my eyes. Oh, I'll thank Him for getting out. Beyond the skies, oh, I've been changed, I've been newborn, all my life has been re-raised, oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way, all my life, praise God, has been changed, oh, when at last... In His presence I stand above He will wipe every tear from my eyes And I'll thank Him for giving a rich like me A new home beyond the skies Oh, I've been changed, I've been newborn All my life has been rearranged Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God, has been changed. Oh, I've been changed. I've been reborn. All my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All my life, praise God, has been changed. And I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Hallelujah. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I 
can't say I'm one of them. Oh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yes, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Now come, my brothers, seek this blessing that will cleanse your heart from sin. Then we'll start the joy bells ringing and we'll keep the soul aflame. It is burning now within my heart. All glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Oh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yes, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Are you one of them? Are you one of them? Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of Yes, I am one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. I told you, Brother Aaron, it's high octane. They ain't no regular in this life. Hallelujah. What the Lord done for me. Oh, my. Oh, I just, I got to stop. It has been good to be in the house of the Lord today. I certainly received a blessing. He he ministered to me. And I tell you, when I see these kids come up here and give their heart to the Lord at such an early age, it's it's just, it thrills me. It blesses me. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. I'd like to ask Brother Josiah if you would come up, Brother, and just dismiss us in a word of prayer. It's good to have uh, Brother Josiah and his family here with us today. This is uh, Sister Melody Cross's brother. And i uh, just like to ask him to dismiss us in a word of prayer. Let's give thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, we just so thank you for this time together with the saints of God, with the believers, Lord, to hear your precious word, Lord. And not only to hear your word, Lord, not only to feel it being received in the hearts of people, but to have tangible evidence, and that in my own family this morning, of that word being engrafted in the hearts and souls of even the youngest children that are here. May that perpetuate on to every young heart, every young believer, Lord. Lord, until we're all ready for that rapturing of the bride of Jesus Christ. Grant it, Lord. And may our attitudes be changed, Lord, to wholly let go of this world, Lord, and wholly grab a hold of your promises. Not being distracted by your many blessings in this world, Lord, though we enjoy them. But, Lord, looking forward to your promises, which are eternal. Grant it, Lord, today, Lord. May your spirit go with each one as we leave this building, Lord. May your presence abide in our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Let's just sing this as you go. You can be dismissed. I have a maker. He for my heart. He for even time began. My life was in His hand. He knows my name. 
He knows my every thought And He sees each tear that falls And He hears me when I call I have a Father calls me his own he'll never leave me no matter where I go Oh.